0: i'm claire before i begin my story i want to tell you all that ouija boards are probably the easiest way to contact the dead and i beg everyone to please please never play with a ouija board when i was 17 a junior in high school a friend of mine named alice told me that she had a ouija board which she got as a joke from a country fair she claimed that it always worked when she played it with her other friends so one day we decided to have a sleepover at her place just to try it out for fun. Being into the paranormal and having almost no paranormal experiences behind my belt, I was pretty damn excited. Apart from me and Alice, her 15-year-old sister, Reagan also joined us that night, which wasn't the plan though. Alice's parents were out to attend some dinner party, so it was just the three of us in the big house. After finishing dinner, we sat down in Alice's room, Alice placed the Ouija board in the middle, and just then, the power cut happened. It gave me goosebumps. What are the odds? I hope this isn't a prank, Alice. Reagan got up and looked outside the window. Seems like only our house doesn't have electricity. That's weird. I'll light the candles. We have to wait for Dad to come home so he can fix this. Okay, I'll help you. Alice and Reagan lit up candles around the room and placed one to get a clear view of the Ouija board. We placed our fingers on the wooden, heart-shaped cursor, and Alice asked the first question. Is there any spirit with us right now? Without wasting a single second, the cursor moved to yes. I panicked. I didn't move the cursor. And from what I could tell, Alice and Reagan's fingers were barely on it. The cursor seemed to come alive and move literally on its own. My eyes widened in fear, but Alice calmed me down, saying, It's okay. Ask the questions. What is... Y- your name? The cursor moved to J-O-H-N. Ah! All of a sudden, Reagan screamed, and her hands began to shake. Fear turned her face completely pale. And before we could understand what happened, she grabbed my arm tightly and brought her face extremely close to mine. Her eyes were all white, and she began whispering gibberish in a freakish way while staring at me. Get off me! Get off me! I screamed and somehow freed myself from Reagan's tight grasp. She put her claw-like hands on the floor, and her face became distorted, like she was trying her best to fight something inside her. Her demeanor changed drastically. She began growling like some wild animal and was taking deep breaths, heavy with aggression. Regan, what's happening to you? Please, do something. Regan started rocking back and forth sitting on the floor and continued making distorted noises it was straight out of some horror movie alice realized the situation was getting out of hand hold my hand now i am calling out to john john you must leave us goodbye say it with me claire goodbye john goodbye john we both began screaming goodbye to the spirit i noticed that reagan was somehow calming down her breathing got normal And then she fainted on the floor the power came back right at that moment and the candles blew out on their own as if someone extinguished them on their way out once the light hit the room we discovered that reagan had wet herself alice and i sprinkled cold water on her face and somehow woke her up after waking up she didn't say a single word and went straight to the washroom i knocked on the bathroom door repeatedly I was worried if Reagan felt all right, Alice asked. Reagan, are you okay? Come on, let us in. But she didn't open the door for half an hour straight. When she came out, we were shocked to see her face. She had bruises all over her face as if she was beaten up badly. Her eyes were blood red like she hadn't slept for weeks. Oh my god! I'm going to bed. That's the only sentence that came out of her mouth that night. Alice and I couldn't ask her any further questions. The next morning, we went to her room and found her standing outside the window, staring at the streets. "'Reagan? How... how are you feeling now?' "'Fine,' she replied, without turning her face towards us. "'Um, I've been meaning to ask you, do you know any John?' That's when she turned back at us in one swift motion. Her eyes were wide. A slow, eerie grin appeared on her face. (laughs) What? Say something! What she did next still scares me too much to sleep. She sat down on the floor like a four-legged animal and sniffed the air like a dog. I better take a shower. I still smell like piss. And then crawled to the bathroom like a baby. That was the last time I went to Alice's house. A few days later, I heard Reagan was suffering from a high fever. Her body was filled with red rashes and her tongue turned black. Alice skipped school for weeks as her family got more worried about Reagan's worsening situation. A month after the Ouija board incident, we were sitting in our class when the principal informed us that Reagan Miller had taken her own life by hanging herself in the house cellar. All the students and school authorities attended Reagan's funeral at our local church. I was standing beside a group of teenagers when I overheard their conversation. Isn't it creepy that Reagan killed herself the same way John did? As soon as I heard the name John, I knew I had to talk to them. So I approached them and asked, Who's John? What they told me still scares me from sleep. John used to be a 30-year-old man who worked in the school cafeteria. He liked Reagan, and one time even tried to flirt with her. But Reagan threatened him that if he ever came near her, she would report him to the principal. Three days after that, John hung himself in his cellar. I still can't wrap my head around this spooky incident. Was it really some dead person's soul that possessed Reagan to make her take her own life? Or was it Reagan's troubled mind that secretly blamed herself for John's death and decided to put an end to her grieving conscience? What do you think? Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the video. If so, please leave a like. And also, a small percentage of people that watch my videos are actually subscribed. If you want to support this channel and make this channel reach the 1 million mark, please consider subscribing. It's free, and you can change your mind later. Enjoy.
1: Being born in a poor neighborhood is not easy. Even as a child, you have to experience all sorts of things that would not happen in a wealthier neighborhood. Among all those things, insecurity can be one of the most important issues. It may sound horrible, but you're used to being robbed, to losing what little you have. We know it's a fact of life, and we accept it, But that night, something different happened. That night, we explored firsthand the world of madness and limitless cruelty. And although nothing material was stolen from us, my family and I lost something inside us, something we can never get back. That same day, my husband had gotten a job, so we were able to buy ice cream for the kids. They hadn't had dessert in a long time. We were all watching TV as a family, when all of a sudden, the power went out. (laughs) Easy, easy. The power just went out. It will be back soon, sweetie.
2: Hey, Bobby, do you want to help me check the fuse box? Yes, Daddy. I'm not afraid of the dark. (laughs) I know you're not, champ, but at your sister's age, you were terrified. (sighs) You're right. Relax, Ellie. Soon you'll grow up and stop being afraid of the dark like me. Aw,
1: that is so cute.
2: Come on, boy. That generator won't check itself.
1: When they left, I was alone with Ellie. I lit some candles and left them around the table. I turned on the radio and distracted myself by listening to music. Until out of nowhere, a scream distracted me. It was coming from the basement. Ellie Go to your room and close the door. I'll be back as soon as possible. Yes, Mom. But I'll take a candle. I ran to the basement to see what happened. When I got there, I saw Bobby. He was crying with his flashlight on the floor. My baby! What happened to you?
2: He fell on one of the little cars I told him not to leave on the floor. My knee hurts.
1: Now you see what happens when you don't listen to your father, Bobby?
2: I'm sorry.
1: I know you do.
2: Hey, Bobby, cover your ears for a minute. I have something to say to your mommy. Yes, Daddy. This time I will behave. Abby, there's something that's bothering me.
1: What's wrong? You're scaring me.
2: There's a cut wire in the fuse box. It could have been some rat, or maybe the wires were old. But, I don't know. Look at these wires. Don't you think the cut is too... precise?
1: Are you trying to imply that there might be someone in the house?
2: I don't know. For now, let's go upstairs together and... Wait a minute. Where's Ellie?
1: I told her to go to her room and lock herself in. Let's go get to her right now.
2: Yeah. Son, Mom and I will go look for your sister in the house. Maybe some bad man came in. You'll stay here with your flashlight and behave yourself. We'll be back as soon as possible, understand? (laughs) Yes, Daddy. Look, it's Mr. Rogers. Do you think you can take care of it while we're upstairs?
1: Yes, Dad. I'll make sure nothing bad happens. Greg, are you sure about this?
2: Yeah, I checked the whole place as soon as we got down. There's no one here.
1: We both walked to Ellie's room. Bobby locked himself in the basement. Our son was definitely fearless. When we got there, I gasped and snatched my husband's flashlight. Ellie's door was open, and I told her to lock herself in. I entered the room quickly, and Ellie was in the corner. Near her, there was a six-foot-two man in a hospital gown pointing at her.
2: She is my daughter.
1: His voice was quiet and calm, but at the same time heavy. Every word that came out of his mouth conveyed peace. But a bad peace, like death. The man turned around, and my husband and I gasped, terrified. His face was all distorted. He had a huge smile but the look didn't fit his face. His eyes were tetric, twisted and cruel.
2: She is so beautiful, so sweet, daddy loves you.
1: In response to these words, My daughter started to cry desperately. (laughs) I ran to the girl and grabbed her, took her away, and we closed Ellie's door and went to the kitchen running.
2: What just happened? Who, Who was that man? We gotta call the police!
1: Yes! We need to get Bobby and get out of here now!
2: Abby, what are you doing with that little girl?
1: That little girl? She's our daughter, you moron!
2: Abby, Ellie wasn't dressed like that.
1: Mom! Dad! Here you are! Sorry I didn't go to my room. I wanted to eat ice cream before it melted. Are you mad?
2: Abby? Who do you have in your hands?
1: I slowly ducked my head and face and looked down. In my arms was not Ellie, but a little girl with one eye. She was looking at me with her one but huge eye open. The little girl was trembling... And before I could understand what was happening, she bit me violently on the arm and let go.
2: Oh, oh.
1: The girl fell down on all fours, and after looking at us all like a wild animal, she went out the kitchen door. It may be scary, but I wanted to follow her. She was just a child.
2: Abby, where are you going?
1: She's just a kid. She's scared. When I opened the door, the man from before was standing in front of me. Without letting me react, he grabbed me by the hair and dragged me into Ellie's room. My husband and daughter ran in my direction, but this person locked the door with a piece of furniture. Immediately, without saying a word to me, he jumped up next to me and started biting my face. His daughter, who was under Ellie's bed, quickly jumped out from under the bed and also started biting me. But my legs... Please help me! I thought I was going to die, devoured by that horrendous family. But after a lot of effort, Greg managed to open the door and kicked away the man who was attacking me. As a reflex action, the girl also backed away. My husband grabbed me and pulled me out before the man could jump back in, and I managed to close the door on him. As they both tried to get out of the room, Greg and I held the door, and Ellie, who didn't understand what was going on but wanted to help, put small boxes on the door to block it. After a few seconds, we heard a noise at the window and the banging stopped. I opened the door as Greg ran to get Bobby and the room was empty. They had both gone out the window. I went to the hospital to get my wounds treated while Greg went to the police station. Greg came in furious. He told me that when he said what neighborhood he was from, They ignored him and told him if he doesn't want insecurity, to move out of there. When we got back to my house, Greg had already fixed the light. I turned on the TV and found a familiar face. The man had been captured. They started talking about him and explained how he was a psychiatric patient who escaped during a storm. A short time later, he was seen breaking into his ex-partner's house and stealing her daughter, who was just a little baby. Nobody knew the whereabouts of both people, but it was said that the man had resorted to cannibalism. There is something strange here. Where is the girl? What was that?
0: Who was not afraid of the dark during their childhood? I've heard it's because of the anxiety of not knowing what's there, but in my case, I knew exactly what was in the darkness, which haunts me to this day. When I was a child, for a long time I was the youngest in my whole family, since my parents had me being a little older than usual, so I grew up playing alone between teenagers and adults, which made me a shy, reserved, and lonely girl. Kathy? Yes, Mommy? Now that the holidays started, Grandma's invited us to her house, (laughs) and… Granny Rita loved having family gatherings at her house in the countryside whenever possible. Sweetie? What's wrong? I don't want to go. Why not? I don't like going to Grandma's house. It's… scary. My mom walked up to me and put her hand on my shoulder, trying to comfort me. Don't worry, my little girl. Everything will be as it always is. During the following nights before the family reunion, I remember having nightmares all the time. I would wake up hyperventilating with my body full of sweat. But I never tried to go to my parents' room as I was too scared to get out of bed. Kathy! Kathy! Mom? Are you okay? You were screaming. I don't know. I don't remember. You have to get ready. We're going to Grandma's house today, remember? Yes, Mom. I did my best even though I was feeling awful. I was too tired, and the lump in my throat didn't seem to go away. By the time I got in the car, I had to stop myself from starting to cry. My father, who was driving, looked at me through the rearview mirror for a few seconds.
2: Are you okay, little one? I don't want to go. Is this about the monster?
0: The monster?
2: Last time, Kathy was really scared of a monster.
0: There are no monsters in Grandma's house, honey. Yes, there are. I've heard them, and...
2: I already told you there are wild animals in the forest. But you don't have to be afraid. They won't do anything to you.
0: But, Teddy...
2: Don't worry. I'll take care of you, okay? I promise.
0: Okay. It took us over an hour to reach our destination. My grandmother Rita's house was very big enough to have space for the whole family for a few nights when i got out of the car and once i was in front of it a bad feeling started to make me nauseous without thinking i ran toward my mom and hugged her tightly i don't want to go i don't want to go kathy my dad pulled me away from
2: her by holding my hand i told you i'll take care of you calm down We can't leave. Grandma will be very sad if she doesn't get to see her favorite granddaughter, don't you think?
0: In response, I just nodded. He and I walked together to the porch of the house where my mom rang the doorbell. It didn't take long for Grandma to come out and greet us. Kathy, my sweet little girl. For the next few hours, I played with my toys by myself and even helped my grandmother bake some desserts. I was doing whatever it took to not think about the monster. When night fell, the house was already filled with basically the whole family. I'm sure Jeff and Bruce... My grandmother was talking to one of my aunts, but I interrupted her. Can I have coffee, Granny? Of course not, my sweet Kathy. It's not good for your young body. Quickly, she walked to the kitchen and brought me juice and some cookies. Have this instead. Sadly, I grabbed those things and went to sit at the table while doing my best not to fall asleep.
2: Kathy, what are you doing sleeping here? I'll, I'll take you to a bedroom.
0: No, the monster.
2: I'll leave the light on, okay? So the monster won't get close.
0: My dad turned on the lamp. I lay down on the bed. He didn't take long to cover me with the blanket and give me a kiss on the forehead.
2: Everything will be fine. Monsters only appear in the dark.
0: Once my dad left the room and closed the door, I stared at the ceiling. I remember thinking he was right. The monster had never appeared during the day. So I relaxed and slowly began to close my eyes. But all of a sudden, everything went dark.
2: No! Dad!
0: Dad! The monster! Dad! I began to look from one side of the room to the other, trembling as I waited for my dad or mom to arrive. At one point, I heard a creak. It was the door, opening slowly. Dad? I stared at the space between the door and the outside, looking for a sign that it was him. But instead of what I expected, red eyes suddenly appeared. They were glowing in the midst of the darkness. There wasn't much I could tell due to the lack of light, but I knew it was the monster. (laughs) Please... Instead of leaving, I clearly heard his footsteps as he entered the room. I didn't think the situation could get any worse until the door creaked again, and I saw another pair of glowing eyes. At that point, my breathing started to get so loud that I had to cover my mouth with one hand while pulling the blanket over myself with the other. It never worked, but there was nothing else I could do. From one moment to another. I felt a strong blow on the bed. One of the two monsters had dug its claws near my foot. He was very close to me. Stop! For an instant, all was silent. I thought it was over. When I heard him again.
2: What are you trying to do, pathetic girl?
0: As the monster spoke, its voice was getting further away from
2: me. I want to hear you cry. (laughs) It's like food to
0: me. The other monster kept digging its claws into the bed. (laughs) In fact, he did that so many times that he tore up the blanket. In the blink of an eye... What was left of the blanket had fallen to the floor. That's when I saw it, one of them, the biggest, was right next to me, with an expression as if he was extremely hungry and desperate. My crying seemed to truly be like food for him, but I couldn't even make a sound, as I was frozen like a
2: statue. If you don't cry, we'll have to hurt you. (laughs) I started crying as soon as
0: I felt the other one, the tallest moving its sharp claws on my foot. Please, I saw their bodies as dark as a shadow, covered in fur and scales, before closing my eyes. But as suddenly as they had gone out, the lights came on. I stopped breathing for a moment when it hit me. They had the faces of my cousins, Jeff and Bruce. Finding out what those monsters really were wasn't much better, since I realized that in reality, there is something worse than creatures with claws and fangs. Sick people who feed on the suffering of others. That's why, since then, there is nothing that haunts me more
1: than the memory of the psychopathic expressions of my cousins.